Luke 18, Jesus tells the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And Luke specifically sets the parable up by saying that Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and who treated others with contempt. And then he goes on to share the parable. Jesus says this, Two men went into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector over there. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes up to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man, Jesus said, went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, I doubt that we're usually thinking about our own tendency to trust in our own righteousness or to treat other people with contempt. But Malcolm Guide puts that front and center in his third sonnet on the Lord's Prayer. This is the third in my sequence of seven sonnets on the Lord's Prayer, which will be published in my book, Parable and Paradox, this June. This one is on Thy Kingdom Come, Thy Will Be Done. Thy Kingdom Come, Thy Will Be Done on Earth. Can we imagine what we're asking for? When all we know and all we think we're worth as vanity might vanish, disappear, fading before the splendors you reveal, the beggars crowned with glory, all the meek exalted even as the mighty fall, and everywhere the triumph of the weak. And we who have been first will be the last and cue for mercy, like the refugees whom only moments earlier we passed by on the other side. For now the seas that separated are no more. The sun is risen like justice, and his will is done. What a startling poem this is. It starts by asking the question, do you really know what you're asking for when you pray this petition? It says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Can we imagine what we're asking for? Have you ever really considered that before? What it is that we're asking for when we pray this petition? Is our assumption that it will simply be cherubs with wings floating around, singing with harps? Do we think it will be joy and feasting at all times? Do we th think it will simply be the culmination of all our earthly wants and desires? 
all of a sudden this, this poem forces us to think, what am I really asking for when I pray? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then the poem invites us to consider whether or not our lives are in step with the kingdom that we're praying for. It says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Can we imagine what we're asking for? When all we know and all we think we're worth, as vanity might vanish, disappear. Such a beautiful line in its gentle forcefulness. It doesn't tell us that we're living out of step with the kingdom of God. It doesn't condemn us and state that we're vain and pursuing agendas that are contrary to God's kingdom. It simply floats the possibility and forces us to consider. And all of a sudden we have to ask, am I living out of sync with the kingdom of God? Do I find my worth in worldly things? Are my pursuits destined to disappear because they're simply vanity? Vapor, as the writer of Ecclesiastes says. And then seamlessly the poem moves from our inward brokenness and our own inward misplaced value into outward sins of injustice and contempt for others, our blindness to the poor, our contempt for the meek, our lack of care for the refugee all these people whom we can so easily pass by. They are God's treasure, this poem says, his splendors, the things that he values. When I was 19 years old, I was given the opportunity to go to Europe for the first time. My job was to accompany a young boy who was there to go see his father, I had to accompany him there and then watch him for a couple of days and then I had about 10 days to myself in Europe. It wasn't a bad gig. So after seeing Paris for a few days, I hopped on a train to Rome and as was my custom at the time as a poor student, I would linger around the tour groups as I was at all these major tourist sites and just try to glean whatever information I could without paying. I know I've, I have since repented. But while I was at the Roman Forum, lingering beside one particular tour group for a little while, I remember hearing the tour guide tell this story as she was standing on the steps of the old pagan temple in the Forum. She said, Legend has it that this is the site of the martyrdom of St. Lawrence. And at that point she pointed down to the place on the steps that's carved out and was used as an altar for burnt sacrifices. And she said the story goes that the Roman emperor at the time had heard that the, the Christian church had this great treasure, treasure, this vast amount of wealth, and he wanted it for himself. And so he found Lawrence, who was a deacon in the church in Rome, and he demanded that Lawrence bring him this treasure. Lawrence thought about it for a moment, and then he said, I'll bring it to you tomorrow. Meet me back here at this time, and I'll bring you God's treasure. That night, Lawrence, who was ordained a deacon in the church and was commissioned to care for the poor and the needy in the city, went out to all those people whom he served. He asked them to meet him at the temple in the forum the following day. When the emperor arrived the next day and demanded God's treasure, Lawrence 
pointed to all these poor and marginalized people whom he had brought with him and he said this, this is God's treasure. These people whom you see before you, whom you have cast aside are God's holy treasure. This is his splendor. Then and there in front of all those people, the emperor demanded that Lawrence be placed on the altar. I was a brand new Christian when I heard that story for the first time that day in Rome. And I've never forgotten that image of St. Lawrence proclaiming the upside-down kingdom of God, that the people that we dismiss or cast aside or avoid or have forgotten, they are God's treasure, that our value is not placed in the things that we do or, or the way that the world places value upon us. God sees things very, very differently. This poem says the same thing. When all we know and all we think we're worth, as vanity might vanish, disappear, fading before the splendors you reveal, what are the splendors that God reveals? Well, the poem goes on to say, fading before the splendors you reveal, the beggars crowned with glory, all the meek, exalted even as all the mighty fall, and everywhere the triumph of the weak. And then the poem ends with this very contemporary image of the perils of refugees on the sea. And it reminds us that God is closing the gap, that he's in the process of bringing about justice, and that one day that justice will be complete. At the same time, it's this invitation for us to participate in the ongoing work that God is doing in the world. And it takes place as rich and poor, Citizens and refugees, great and small alike, line up together to receive the mercy of God. This poem reminds us of the need for all of us to follow in the steps of the tax collector and with humility pray, God be merciful to me, a sinner. This is the third in my sequence of seven sonnets on the Lord's Prayer, which will be published in my book, Parable and Paradox, this June. This one is on thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Can we imagine what we're asking for? When all we know and all we think we're worth as vanity might vanish, disappear, fading before the splendors you reveal, the beggars crowned with glory, all the meek exalted even as the mighty fall, and everywhere the triumph of the weak. And we who have been first will be the last and queue for mercy like the refugees whom only moments earlier we passed by on the other side. For now the seas that separated are no more. The sun is risen like justice, and his will is done.